0: You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 325. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com 325.
1: You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith.
0: (laughs) I really like when you count me in like that.
1: Three two one go
0: and we are live live no I mean we are
1: Well we're live but
0: this will be this dis- recording indicated. is not live that's right yeah. that's right Well I am <laughs> freezing my ass off right now
1: It's chili bones It's
0: so cold in yeah. in our little bougie beige. Room, <laughs> our podcast room, our fancy yeah. n- new area. It's just that, cold
1: in general. Like there's this cold front that's come through. I looked the whole at East my
0: Coast. my app today and it said twenty-eight degrees. And I was like, No.
1: In the morning it was. I know. It's supposed to be in like the low forties today.
0: Somebody told me who was it? I think it was the the plumber who came yesterday, was like, if you go outside, be sure to wear a jacket. And I was like, Okay, Dad. Like <laughs> I was kinda wow. like I'm 40 years of age. I think I'll go
1: outside in a wet shirt. <laughs> <laughs> just to spite that fucker.
0: I was like, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a good laugh, look up the hashtag, okay, boomer.
1: <laughs> so funny. There's been a lot of talk about that whole hashtag thing. Yeah, yeah and just
0: the the fights between millennials and boomers. and then I don't think
1: it even needs to be a fight. I think it's just like. Youths have always looked up to the youths. Have always looked up to adults. Like okay, whatever. Like you know, right. Like there's always been a thing. It's not a fight. It's crazy. I just social media blows it up.
0: Well, there's a lot of the talk about how many boomers had have millennial children, and. For our parents, they were boomers, but they had Xer children. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've seen these funny memes of like boomers and millennials screaming at each other and then X-Gen with Z-Gen, which is l- younger than millennial, being like, hey, how are you? Like, <laughs> so nice to talk to you, you know? That's and funny. But yeah, that's it's a trip. It's I don't a- even think
1: you have to be a boomer. I think it's more about old school thought, not necessarily an age.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Anyway, this is actually about self-help. Yeah,
1: yeah. We're (laughs) going to get into some topic at some point.
0: So this week, we're going to be talking about how to gain clarity when you don't know what to do, and you have a decision to make, or you want to do something different with your life, or you're not Hmm. sure if you should stay in a relationship, or should I go back to school, or what do I really want to do with my life, and... You're just kind of wallowing in this place of, I don't know, and then you get stuck there. I mean, it's a massive place of procrastination. Yeah. And it can be sort of like a decision paralysis that oh, you good. get this locked This will be good into.
1: for me. I need this today. You do? Mm-hmm.
0: Ooh. Do you have some... No, I'm
1: just going to internalize. Okay. I'm just going to keep it to myself. But I, there's something that I've been uh, you know, kind of stuck on. Okay. So this will be good.
0: Have we talked about it?
1: Yeah, of course. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I know sometimes. do my business out there.
0: Y- your process, oftentimes, is to mull things over a lot internally before you bring it to me. Right. And then when you do bring it to me, it, I'm always on high alert. Like, oh, <laughs> this shit's been brewing for a long time. Yeah. I need to be present and help him work fair, through fair this. Stuff, so fair enough. Which is a whole nother episode about how people communicate differently. True. <laughs> I, appreciate, have, I appreciate
1: that you realize that, though.
0: We have done so many pods on that. And I didn't used to. I used to be like, no, now. I need you to talk to me now. I right. need you to hash it out and it, let's work it all out. And you're like, I don't know what I don't know yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Exactly. Anywho, why don't we have
1: a little light segment before we jump in? This one is a light segment. Oh, it is? Yes. We have a segment that we like to call... Would you rather? And today's Would You Rather is Would You Rather Have a Monkey Maid or a, monkey a Gorilla Gardener?
0: A Gorilla Gardener. Mm-hmm. A Monkey Maid or a Gorilla Gardener. And they
1: actually knew their jobs. Like it wasn't like they were just throwing shit around. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Because <laughs> this is an awful lot of monkey business yeah. <laughs> going on.
1: Because let's, let's not get it twisted. We, a monkey and a gorilla would do horrible at these jobs.
0: But didn't we see, wasn't it a tiny monkey butler? Tiny
1: monkey butler. Yeah, that's where this stemmed from. Okay, that I'm was like, your like, inspiration. Monkey butler. <laughs> like, I think I would, of a
0: butler as just like being at Downton Abbey, answering the door for rich people. Right.
1: And yeah, running the And staff. we would have a monkey that did that <laughs> once a month <laughs> when someone knocks on our door.
0: When it's the plumber telling me
1: (laughs) to wear a And I'm like, hello,
0: through the intercom. Are you going to give me seasonal attire advice? (laughs) Yeah,
1: seasonal attire advice. You have the best words.
0: Oh, well, thank you.
1: I have the best words. You asked. So tremendous words. You see where I went with that? (laughs) Um, That's called a
0: setup in comedy. That's right. (laughs) Like, like I know,
1: knock it out of the park.
0: <laughs> okay, tiny monkey. Ma- I I, I want to call it tiny, but it maybe it's no. me. It's a full on. It's chimp.
1: a regular, everyday, run of the mill monkey.
0: Like like the one on your emojis.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. Like, like just that your one.
0: everyday average. Everyday <laughs> run of the mill. Run of the mill monkey made.
1: Made. Okay. Yeah, that would clean up for you.
0: Would they also clean up their own shit? Yes,
1: they, because they, they're potty trained.
0: They're known to sling some poo.
1: Yes, they are. <laughs> But this time they're going to be slinging poo in the toilet. Okay. So, yeah, they they actually clean for you.
0: Well, if I'm thinking about – okay, first of all, I would be super concerned if I had a gorilla gardener that it it would never be able to get its job done because there would always be looky-loos or there would be, you know, like animal control people coming over or being like, do you have a permit for that? Like it just seems like it would be so much hassle to have a gorilla gardener. Mm. Although we have such a bigger property now – now that we live in the south and you now know that
1: we live in the burbs and
0: we got the forest behind us but the cost of our landscaper is far well no it's about up there it's about the same as as our house cleaner but
1: if <laughs> does this sound super bougie? It, it, yes yes it does.
0: Ew, I need to some check people, myself right now. Some people
1: don't have a yard to garden. So I think the answer will be fairly easy for some people.
0: For me it's the maid.
1: But I would much rather Be, like, waving at my neighbor while my gorilla cleaned the garden up. (laughs) How fucking cool would that be? Like, hey, neighbor. Like, as he has this puzzled look on his face.
0: But how amazing would it be when people came over to the house and you're like, Jameson, can you go get us some (laughs) scotch on the rocks?
1: Well, he's a maid, not a butler. So he's not going to be getting you scotch on the rocks. He's going to be on a ladder with a feather duster cleaning your ceiling fan. Okay,
0: okay. And is he going to wear a French maid outfit? He can. I think that's racial appropriation.
1: Oh, is it? (laughs) For the French or for the monkey?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little convoluted on that one. Okay. But I would still go for the maid because I tend to be a little messier. And I think that that would be just so helpful. Like, for instance, our very senior dog has been in the habit of pooping on the floor. Oh, yeah. We have a whole song around it. We do have a – do you want to sing it?
1: No. We'll save it for another episode. Okay, we'll
0: save it. It's called the Poop Nugget song, by the way. Mm -hmm. So you might just want to earmark that.
1: We'll just YouTube video it. We'll put it on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) Spotify. (laughs) It'll be trending soon.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, hashtag poop nugget. So yeah, so we of course make up all these songs and because she is pushing sixteen, now mm. those poops are not always fully solid, depending on how much she's eaten. And I would so much rather somebody else be cleaning that yeah. in the morning yeah. than me.
1: Yeah. I'm going I'm with do. the
0: maid, but you're going with the gorilla gardener?
1: Just for the the shock value. And it would be fun to see a gorilla gardening. How fun would that be?
0: Y- yeah. I mean,
1: riding a lawnmower? Come on, that's hilarious!
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, we should probably also let's, talk about. Yeah, let's advice. let's
1: move into some some more. Although um, I
0: am captivated, Mr. Smith, <laughs> I just want to say, all right. So we would also love to hear what you would rather. We talk about it every single week over in the After Hours community. You after- can. <laughs> I I know you're gonna do that, and then it still catches me off guard.
1: You got to keep them captivated. <laughs>
0: Oh, hey,
1: oh. I'm on my game today. You I'm are. On my game.
0: I really love it. <laughs> and you have the sexiest outfit on. I do. Well, no, just those. I can't, oh, I got black. I, uh, I got the, my
1: uh, old man black socks. Black on. Black
0: socks. You, I can't take on, it. Oh my gosh. Okay, love. we've got to we got to do a show here. Um, but I do. Okay, let me finish that thought. Come over to our after hours community on Facebook. We talk about the Would You Rather every. Monday and it's really fun and hilarious to see everybody's perspective. All you have to do is go to the slash club that will redirect you right over to our little corner of Facebook and I do additional trainings there on Thursdays so you can get specific advice on things that you're up against and it's just an incredible supportive community. Plus you get to like see what Mr. Smith looks like every once in a while and he'll pop in and
1: What I look like? You
0: might even be able to see what his real name is. Yeah. So if that's not enticing, I don't know what is. (laughs) And I do have one other announcement before we jump in. My best friend and I, uh, her name is Andrea Owen. She is the head boss over at yourkickasslife.com. And she's a fellow life coach. We've been besties for 10 years. We've done a whole slew of projects together. And we are launching a brand new comedy self-help podcast, primarily just to prove to you that we're funny. To you, Mr. Smith.
1: I think you have to prove it to yourself.
0: Okay? No, I, we already know. We've mm-hmm. been sold. You're the one who's always like, you You're two not proving are, it to me. You two are the only ones who think you're funny.
1: <laughs> you guys are the ones with the chip on your shoulder.
0: <laughs> so, not another self help podcast is going to be dropping in January, but we need your help. We need to know specific questions that you have, issues that you've been up against, because that will be the format of our show. It will be A lot more conversational and anecdotal and and kind of silly, but we are going to be answering questions and sounding off on our advice for people who submit. So if you would like to do that, go to notanotherpod.com and shoot us your juiciest questions that you need advice on. Juicy. Juicy. Let's do it. All right. So let's talk about gaining clarity when you don't know what to do. All right. So number one. And this is gonna sound a little silly, but start with what you do know and write it out. So, a lot of times, what happens is when we're making a decision, like maybe we wanna switch career fields, or we're not sure if we wanna stay in a marriage, or we're thinking about moving to a new area, or we wanna start a new fitness routine, but we just don't know what avenue we wanna pursue. Do we need to go to the gym? Do we need to, you know, you've gotta start with what you do know. Okay. Most of the time we get lost in the I don't know, I don't know and okay. it's just a vortex of stagnation. We just stay there. Like, well, ugh, I don't know, I don't know and it leads to being stagnant and being completely, you know, procrastinating, pr- procrastinating <laughs> about <laughs> about everything. So, if you start with what you do know, you can start tallying the ways that you operate best. So, I'll give you an example. Quite a few years ago, probably a good 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was looking to make a transition into a different career field. I was working as a makeup artist and a trainer for a prestige makeup brand, had kind of the big girl job, company car, all the fancy shit, but I wasn't happy and I was kind of dying a slow death, so to speak. And I was really young to be so disenchanted with, with my work. And I knew I wanted to change careers. But I had no idea what I wanted to do. I Mm -hmm. didn't know what that was. And in fact, for a few years even, on my goals, which we will be doing goals episodes coming up for the new year, like I always do with my new year. I love goals. I love goals. (laughs) I love goals.
1: (laughs) I love goals.
0: Austin Powers (laughs) Fasha. But we'll do the goal episode coming up uh, towards the end of December so that you can have your new year planner and organize all your goals. But for about three years, my goals were solidify an occupational path. Solidify an occupational path. Like, I just didn't know what the next step was. My career as a makeup artist had been really fulfilling, but it had run its course, and I knew that if I was going to leave the company I was with, because I had a really sweet setup with benefits and all those things, I wanted it to be the next big, big chapter. So I started taking inventory about the things that I already knew. First of all, I knew I wanted to be my own boss. And that was a newer revelation for me. I didn't want to have to answer to anybody else. I knew that I needed uh, an element of creativity and that That didn't have to be the major piece of the the business, but I needed a creative element. Okay, okay. Something like that. I also knew that I needed to be delivering information. One of the things I loved so much about being a makeup artist trainer was the teaching aspect and delivering information and educating. And I knew I wanted to continue doing that. I just wanted to talk about a different content. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what that was, but I loved that piece of it. I knew that I didn't want to deal with evenings and weekends anymore where I was constantly working on holidays and I was always the one who wasn't available, Uh, you know, because of the crazy retail schedule. And I also started realizing I need, I do really want to do something that makes a profound impact in this world. Now I, knowing that I was able to start playing around and experimenting and go, I played around with a certification called Art and Creativity for Healing. I remember that. Where I was looking at helping people process various emotions through an artistic medium and take started taking some actions just to experiment with things. I toyed around with the idea of working with animals. I toyed around with the idea of going into forensics because I'm so obsessed with true crime. <laughs> so there was... A whole bunch of things that I started thinking about that would make a profound impact. Would I be able to be creative? Would I be, you know, and I just started having these, this agenda or compilation of the things I knew I wanted present in that job. A lot of times we start backwards and we think, well, what am I qualified for? What is my education? Well, what can I get right now? Instead of looking at, no, 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 what are the components that must be present in order for me to be fulfilled? Hmm. And then start looking at what job f- fits into that, right? Sure. So that's just an example of in a career aspect, okay. right? You can do the same sort of thing in a relationship. You, you know, I've done the soulmate, how to manifest your soulmate, which I'll link to in the show notes. That is a great example of what do I want in a partnership? Even if you're partnered and you're not happy and you don't know if you want to continue working on things or if you want to end things, just figuring out what you do know about what you do and don't want in a relationship can be so incredibly helpful and clarifying to go, no wonder that is really bothering me with my partner. This is a deal breaker for me. So you can kind of apply... What do I know? It's kind of that thing that we've been talking about. What can I do versus what I can't do? Mm-hmm. You know, you think about making a career change and you go, "Well, I can't leave my job. Late. I have to be the breadwinner." Where I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And you don't think about, well, what can I do? This is the same thing. If you're spinning in the I don't knows, what do you know about this decision? That it's really important for you to get into shape, you know, that you want to buy a new car, that you do need a change of location. You just don't know where it is, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to start gathering all of the criterion of what is it that I do know currently. All right. So that's step one. And write it out, like really get clear about that. Number two, this is sort of a, a self talk piece that has been incredibly helpful for me. And it's something I talk to my students about all the time. And it is, when you hear your voice say, whether it's internal or out loud, when you say, I don't know, follow it up with, but I'm going to figure it out,
1: mm-hmm. or
0: I'm capable of figuring it out, or okay. I'm in the process of figuring it out, a lot of times we just get stuck in the I don't know, and we just stay there, like I said before. And we that becomes incredibly paralyzing, and we don't make any creative endeavors, we don't move in any direction we just spin there. Yeah. And stay stuck. Right? Right. Are you mulling over the thing that you're
1: Yeah, doing? I am, but I'm also thinking like, oh that kind of plays into the language that we use. If you say, well I can do this and I can do that, it kind of gets the momentum of being able. Right. But if you say I can't and I won't and I I don't I know, I just don't know. It's 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 limiting talk. Yes. Right? It's exactly right. So you right. start putting positive and open talk and it gives your mind more flexibility to think outside the box.
0: Yes, spot on. Number 3. And this won't this won't apply to everybody's scenario. Uh, so just take it if you're in sort of a decision-making process. Number 3. What action step will make the greatest impact in the shortest amount of time? This can be really advantageous if you are working on a project, or you run your own business, and you're trying to decide: Do I work on a book, or do I really nail down my accounting, or do what mm-hmm. you know? Do I need a new website, or do I need to really get new clients, or you know what are the things that are going to make the massive, the biggest, most uh, profound amount of difference in the shortest amount of time? For many of us, it's financial. It's sure. What yields the highest return with the least amount of effort, you know, in the shortest amount of time? And that can be really helpful because a lot of times, especially if we're talking about building your own business, we get lost in all the passion and all the excitement. And it really has to be married with strategy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. that was something I learned kind of the hard way early on yeah. that passion was not going to carry me, that I really needed to have a very sound specific strategy.
1: Got to put a business plan in place for sure.
0: That's right. So just asking yourself, what action step can I take that will make the greatest impact in the shortest amount of time another example might be well i know i want to get into shape this is something that's been helpful for me i know i want to get back into the gym i want to get back into a program what action step can i take well i know one of the things that i already do know about myself see how i tied that back to number one (laughs) is that i do really really well with home fitness and i you know we have this amazing new workout room I just love having a good system to follow, and I'm not as motivated by going to the gym, but that's something you know about yourself, right? right? So I know for me, one of the fastest things that I can do, the quickest things I can do to help me and how I operate best is to pick a damn system. Yeah. Just find a new program that I really want to – do that really appeals to me and just start the program because that has always worked really well for me so that could be the action step that I take I've been spinning in this place of I don't know what I want to do I don't know if I should get a peloton I don't know if I should get a boxing bag I don't know if I should blah, blah 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 and I'm like you know what just even talking this out here is helpful I'm like no I'm just gonna pick one of my beach body on demand programs and just do it yeah just fucking do it
1: I like it one of the other things that kind of ties to that is when you just start doing something you start to go oh yeah I do like this or you know what I like this about this but I'm gonna do it this way and you start going oh I, I this program's good but I know another program that will fit what I need better so good right
0: well, and that's, that's a great little sidebar that I didn't write, it, write in here, but I think it's really important. And that's the experimental pl- uh, piece is sure. a lot of times when we go and we try something new and we don't like it, the inner critic comes in like, see, this right. isn't going to work for you. Right, see, right, right. you can't start your own business. See, you can never follow through on anything. You know." And it's just – and then we throw in the towel. Instead of what I suggest, which is to look at whatever you're doing, whatever you're experimenting with, like like I did for my career. Maybe it's art and creativity for healing. Maybe it's this new artistic modality. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's forensics. Maybe I looked into forensics and realized they do drug testing, and I there's certain, <laughs> certain substances from the earth that I'm not willing to let go of <laughs> that I was like, oh, maybe, <laughs>
1: maybe I wouldn't be. Maybe that's not my career. I
0: Maybe mean, I'm not qualified. It's, it's getting that information. It's experimenting. It's playing around with things. And that's what happened for me when I did that certification for art and creativity. I went, you know what? This isn't it. But there are certain components here that are really enlightening yeah. for me. So the perspective I suggest to take is one of a scientist, almost like you're observing yourself experimenting with whatever it is, you know, trying out new hobbies or visiting different areas like we did to see where we might want to live. Yeah experimenting with things and then almost like you're viewing yourself voyeuristically and you're a little scientist and like oh it appears that she really does enjoy doing <laughs> workouts in her home or Ooh, oh that God. was definitely challenging on those knees better watch that mm-hmm. oh it appears the subject likes to you know where you can kind of assess what's happening from a more of a scientific standpoint which doesn't have the emotional component of i suck at this yeah. i can't do it blah, blah blah and just observing like what works And what does it? And then tallying it and then course correcting. So brilliant, baby. Uh,
1: Another perspective could be that when you do find that what you're doing isn't working for you, a lot of people look at it as a roadblock of like, oh, see, uh, I'm done with this. But it's actually, you can take the perspective of, I'm actually building momentum here. I found out what I didn't like. Now what do I really want to do? Exactly. Right? Instead of letting it hold you back, think of it as actually propelling you forward.
0: That's right. I mean, that's like the process of elimination, yeah, right? Exactly. I remember when I first went on anxiety medication like 15 years ago, My that was my perspective. Like, fuck, I don't want to have to figure out which one works for me. And I don't want to do all this trial and error. And I don't want to have to acclimate to it and figure mm-hmm. out if it decreases my sex drive. And, ugh. Mm-hmm. and I really had this negative perspective about the journey, about the experimentation. Yeah, And she said, I really wish that every body came with a manual that said, here's how it's going to respond to these medicines. Right. All we have is trial and error. And yeah. she said that exact thing. Every time we realize that something doesn't work, we're one step closer to figuring out what does. Cool. Yeah. So great, great point. Okay. So we got number one, start with what you know, you, what you do know already. Number two, Change. I don't know. Into I. Fi- I'll figure it out. If it applies, use number three. What action step will take make the greatest impact in the shortest amount of time? Number four. This one also may or may not apply. Sometimes quitting is the best way to get ahead. Okay. And this this really depends on your how you are motivated. I have a couple of friends who left the same makeup artistry company that I worked with, and they had to quit. In order to get them to do something that was their personality type. My personality type was I need a very calculated plan in order for me to feel safe and stable. So I built myself a plan, which I've talked about many, many times. I'll link to it in the show notes about breaking away from a, uh, a job you're not so pumped about anymore. They had to literally go cold turkey and because they knew they would never make a change if they had that crutch. So they had to just quit the job in order to find out el- what else they want to do. Some people need to do that in relationships, you know? Like, I know this isn't working for me. I know I'm just wasting time. I do need to end this in order to f- create space and room to usher in what I do want or even to have the freedom to experiment with what I do want. Yeah. Right. So much of the time we cling to safety. And when we cling to safety, we're clinging to mediocrity We're clinging to uh, settling, you know, and it's not not a blanket statement across the board, but it's a place to kind of check in. So I another another thing that this reminds me of, I had a a gal, one of my good friends. Her name is Becca Tracy. She runs uh, The Uncaged Life and she did an episode. I'm going to link to it it's about quitting, specifically, like when to quit, when not to quit.
1: Oh. And
0: I believe, I think we talked about it in that episode. If not, I'll link to the other one I've done on on knowing when to quit. But she tells the story of, you know, she went to the same coaching school I went to. They have a leadership program as well. And she was like halfway through the leadership program and just realized that it was absolutely not for her and had to. Pull back on it, and Hmm. and she it was the best decision ever, and she totally flourished, and has an incredible business now, and still is a very much a leader in her own right. But I think it's we go into these things like, well, I've spent so much time in this job, or I've spent Mm -hmm. all this time working towards this career, or I've spent all this time in school, Mm. or I've worked so hard on this certification. I can't throw this in throw in the towel now, and it's like, at what cost though? You're costing yourself your happiness and your freedom and you're wasting time wasting
1: more time yeah.
0: right so you have to kind of check in and go is quitting actually the my fastest avenue to peace yeah my fastest avenue to fulfillment or momentum all right so number four sometimes quitting is the best way to get ahead that's a place to check in and again check the show notes if you want additional pods on that number five this is a great question to ask to figure out what your motivation is around making the decision. If you didn't give a shit about anyone else's opinion, would your decision be easier? Wow. This can sometimes be like, well, I've got to follow through with this because of what everybody else thinks. They're going to say, you never follow through. You Mm -hmm. never finish anything. Well, maybe this time was really one of those things that I shouldn't finish.
1: But you think it through before you do, right? Right. Yeah.
0: You have to evaluate, like, let go of them, and sometimes it's also that we are venturing into a new career field, and we're so scared shitless of what everyone else is going to think, and we have imposter syndrome and all of yeah. that, yeah. that we would rather stay a, a perpetual student, right? Like, Paralysis let me just get
1: analysis kind of thing, right?
0: Let me just keep getting certification after certification right. and just be a student forever, so I don't have to really launch. Mm-hmm. That's another way that we stay uh, paralyzed. Absolutely. So if you did not give a shit about anyone else's opinion, would that change your decision? Is it something like you really, really want to study abroad, but everyone in your family stays in your hometown and works for the family business? And that's not where your heart is. And it's sort of faux pas in your family. You know, there's always these scenarios where other people are highly influencing our decision. Now, I do think that there's some that are really quite challenging. Like maybe you do want to study abroad, but you have joint custody with your children and that means you're not a part of their uh, raising them. That might be like what right now, that's, it's more important for me to stay and be here with my children. Right. Right. So you have to weigh in all of the different components to look at What is the most powerful decision for me to make? All right. Number six, feel into the decision instead of thinking into the decision. So Mm. this is what I like to call the cognitive override, where we have a gut instinct or a gut feeling or intuition is really pulling us towards something. And then we cognitively override it by using rationale, logic, or reason, which sound great. But again, that's only about 12% of your brain. 88% 88% of your brain is your beliefs, your core values, the most important mm-hmm. things to you. So when we try to override with logic and reason, that's, that's why we feel so conflicted. It's because our values and our beliefs are saying, go this way. This is where you're being called. But reason is going, oh, well, that doesn't look good on paper or that doesn't make sense. Or, well, she's got all of the the most amazing qualities, but I'm not madly in love with her. What You know, uh, better stay in this relationship because she's looks good on paper or it makes sense (laughs) for the household or whatever same thing happens with our jobs you know we think i've got such a great setup here this is what happened for me i had such a great setup
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and i mean tuition reimbursement and massive benefits and company car and assistant all these things but i wasn't happy and it's like at what cost like it looked great on paper but i was not fulfilled so right. you have to start looking at what is the feeling that you want to embody around whatever decision this is, around how you are in a relationship, around where you live, around what hobbies you get involved with, what is calling to you. And one of the easiest ways to do this is to almost think of like you're going into a, a shop and you're trying on a new clo- a new outfit. And so you kind of want to think about that. You close your eyes and you think about trying on this new reality of Mm. what would that feel like for me to become a public speaker or to move to India or to, you know, visualizing or imagining what that would be like, feel like, you know, and would that be fulfilling? And looking at that end result... Instead of all the steps to get there,
1: right. like oh well,
0: then I'm gonna have to pack all my stuff and all the logistics and all of that is figure outable. You have to fi- you have to identify though, is the end result something that I really truly want. Right. Like I really really want to have a book published. I hate all the steps going through. <laughs> it's so much so that I've dragged my feet for years. But I do want the end result. And when I think about that I'm like, no, this is truly a desire of my heart. I just have to be so connected to that that I jump through all of the steps right. and all of the strategies that are time consuming, right? Absolutely. So feeling into this decision instead of thinking. Martha Beck, who's kind of a pioneer in the coaching field, talks about this being shackles on, shackles off. Oh, yeah. And it's basically this idea of does that decision feel – and this is kind of woo-woo, so take it with a grain of salt. Does it feel expansive or does it feel contractive? Like do you feel – like excited and maybe a little scared of making that choice but it's it feels big and yeah. exciting and scary or does it feel scary and contractive and this is not a good choice and you feel tiny and you know hmm. and it's just sort of the energy of the choice i've also seen people use like two decisions like they are holding them in the palms of their hands um, oh
1: yeah and kind of like just counterweight cl- right
0: closing their eyes and feeling into okay if i choose this one in my right hand here here's how it feels you know so it mm-hmm. depends how intuitive you are and how connected you are to your emotions but yeah looking at that intuitive pull instead of just the cognitive thought process and then finally number 7 make a fucking decision And know you can always course correct. Now, there's certain things you can't, right? Like if you choose to say, let's say, have an abortion, you can't really course correct. You can't go back on that. Yeah, right. There's certain things you can't that you really have to be extremely vigilant about making a powerful decision. Yeah. But there's a lot of shit that we think is life and death, and it's actually not. Like moving to another place or ending a relationship. Or yeah. changing a job, you or know, having
1: a loved one die.
0: Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's not are. a decision you would make. But well, maybe well, if you have to pull a plug, right? You
1: know, that but There's would be also horrible. decisions to be made afterwards. Oh, right, right, right,
0: yes. And that, I mean, that is literally the business of death, which yeah, is yeah. so fucking shitty. Right. We're going to be actually doing a podcast on dealing with grief during the holidays too, because oh, it's such an yeah. amplified time for people. Absolutely. But a majority of our decisions, I think, we allow. We allow them to become so much more monolithic than they need to be. You know, like I said, sometimes it is life and death. A majority of the time, it's not. Yeah. And we just allow ourselves to stay stagnant because of fear. I mean, it truly is because of fear. So know that for a majority of situations, you can course correct. You can choose to move back. You can do a different job. You can find love again. You can uh, whatever it happens to be. Get a different degree. And you may have lost some time, but you probably gained a shit ton of insight Mm -hmm. throughout all of that. Even like that that girlfriend, Becca of mine, who I was mentioning, she gained a shit ton of uh, insight by spending time in a program that she ended up quitting.
1: Yeah, yeah. That
0: was a powerful lesson going forward into her next career that she was able to impart to others. So also know that you did the best you could with the knowledge you had at the time. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Yes. But we don't know that at the time. At the time, we just – we have what we have. We have our defense mechanisms, the tools that we have. Fortunately, if you've been hanging out here, you have some pretty damn good tools, I'm yeah. hoping.
1: Now, you have a program where you can get the real tools. Yes, yes. Right? Not this, just podcast moments.
0: I I kind of think of the podcast almost like – when you go to Trader Joe's and they're like, hey, do you want to try some of this new coffee or this little new cracker that we have? And you're like, "Mm, that's good. And then Deep Down and Dirty, which is my signature program, that's like having the entire meal with appetizers, with alcohol and, (laughs) you know, cake and everything like that. It's a whole like Seven – what is it? Seven course? What's like a course?
1: As many courses as you want.
0: All the courses. All the courses. It's actually 12 courses. It's actually
1: 12 courses. It is. Right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It spans over about 14 weeks. There's 12 lessons. But it really is the transformational process of going through this place where you don't feel like you can make your own decisions. I've had students like that who every other – Life decision has been made for them from a spouse or something like that. And their belief about themselves was, I'm not capable. I'm not able to make tough decisions in my life. I'm not, yeah. I can't be trusted, kind of thing. And then other people have the overarching belief, negative belief that I see all the time, which is, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'm just mm-hmm. not good enough. If that's you, you do not have to stay there. I don't. I don't want you to think that this you are somehow uniquely broken. Every single person who comes through deep down and dirty says pretty much the same thing. I don't feel like I'm enough. I'm constantly invested in the opinions of other people. I am such a perfectionist that it's paralyzing. Mm -hmm. I care way too much what other people think. I'm a people pleaser, and I just want to be fucking happy. I want freedom. I want peace. I want to like the person in the mirror. So if that is you... I only offer Deep Down and Dirty to a very small amount of people. We keep it very intimate so that I can truly be there and give absolutely everything. But your first item of business, if you are interested in that, is to watch a a completely free workshop that I've put together. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. You'll be able to catch the next available viewing. And at the end of that, if you're looking at it, because it really does showcase what Deep Down and Dirty is about. Uh, results that people have gotten things like that at the end you'll have an opportunity to book an appointment with one of my team members so if you and to talk about what the issues are that you're up against the things that you want to change and they'll build out a custom plan for you and then you can kind of look at is deep down and dirty what i need to get me into this fucking new year Mm -hmm. kicking ass and taking names and actually liking the person in the mirror Actually believing that I'm enough so that I can go open that business or leave that marriage or whatever it is that is keeping you stuck and locked down. Right. It's Yay. It doesn't have to be that way. So thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop first step. Have a pen and paper ready because that workshop is fucking
1: loaded. I, I look at it this way. Like the podcast is for hobbyists.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. It's for people that are like, I'm just going to dabble in this. People wow. that are really serious about it, that want to make it their job, will do this program.
0: You know what, you're so right. Because every every person who I come in contact with who ends up going through the program, they cannot imagine living the same way another moment. Right. Like they can't even go Two, three, six months in the future and be like, I cannot be this fucking miserable in six months. Yeah. I have got to do something. The pain of staying the same has become too great. And and you need the guidance. You need the accountability. You need people in your corner. And that has been one of the most powerful pieces of having such a small group because we never have more than 10 at a time that they are so incredibly supportive of one another. I like to joke that we're, we're not getting together to talk about, like, knitting. We're yeah. getting together to talk about our disempowering beliefs and our core values and how we want to change our lives. And yeah, real that shit. It's wildly intimate. Yeah. Really fast. For sure. So – yeah, if you're one of those who feels like you don't have any friends, yeah, this is another opportunity for that. <laughs> All right, so quick little recap. Number one, start with what you do know. Number two, change I don't know to I will figure it out. Number three, what action step will make the greatest impact in the shortest amount of time? Number four, know that sometimes quitting is the best way to get ahead. Number five, if you didn't give a shit about anyone else's opinion, would your decision be easier? Number six feel into the decision decision instead of just thinking about it does that end result really thrill you and then finally make a decision number 7 mm-hmm. know that you can always course correct usually most of the time and you've done your best with the knowledge you had at the time anything else you want to throw in the mix mr smith
1: no i think i've uh, i think i've said quite enough <laughs> <laughs>
0: As have I. Well, we are hoping that this was really helpful for you. And there was a nugget or two that gave you some clarity. Check the show notes at thejoyjunkie.com slash 325 for all the additional pods, links to everything that I've mentioned today. And we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass
1: life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, Out.